The Rangers were garbage in their 4 nothing loss to the Capitals at the Garden Tuesday. Those were Coach Gallant's words, not mine, Molly. You were there. It was ugly. It was pretty ugly, but I think that the team had the right response to it. They had the right attitude. Everybody kind of accepted it, but you really got to just burn the tape on that one and move on. Alexi Lafreniere might need to burn his own highlight tape as he gets demoted. Larry Brooks will join us to talk about the Alexi Lafreniere saga as he joins us. It's all coming up next on a happy new year edition of Up in the Blue Seats from the New York Post. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Up in the Blue Seats, our New York Rangers podcast from the New York Post. I'm the podfather, Jake Brown, alongside Rangers beat writer for the New York Post. That's right. Molly Walker is here and her colleague, our friend, is back. Larry Brooks will join us, our Hall of Famer, in just a few minutes. Not a Hall of Fame effort from the Rangers on Tuesday night, Molly. A garbage effort. And that's the words of Coach Galant, not me. Although every fan in the building probably thought that. All the fans that paid 300 to get in because that was the price day of for tickets. I don't know if it was the new year, holidays, Ovechkin going for the record, although he got it on Friday. So people missed out on that opportunity, but it was expensive. And many are probably demanding a refund when they woke up Wednesday morning. A 4 nothing shutout. The officiating sucked, but the Rangers might have sucked even worse, Molly. They could not score. And it was ugly to the point that practice got a Herb Brooks-esque from Coach Gallant. On Wednesday, a lot to dissect here. So I'll just hand it off to you. And first, I'll say happy holidays. And happy <laughs> New Year. Well, first of all, I'll say that $300 price tidbit was probably some of your best work because it is quite unfortunate how expensive tickets were and the Rangers come out and play like they did. Um, Just an absolute dud. Um, I think that it happens sometimes. There's definitely two something being off the ice for four days, but you got to argue that the Capitals had three days away from the ice. So, and, and I will say that the consensus in the locker room and from head coach Gerard Gallant was nobody wanted to hear the excuses that they could have leaned on, you know, being away from the ice, the fact that the officiating was, was pretty abysmal, but nobody really wanted to turn to that uh, because the Rangers were shut out for just the second time this season. But I think probably the crazier stats were how many shots they had and how many missed the net. I think it was like 22 of 27, something along those lines. For a team that's hit as many posts as they have this season, um, they weren't anywhere near the net. And uh, I think it was just a poor effort all around, just kind of a dud, but it happens. I think the more notable thing is how Gerard Gallant responded to it uh, in practice. Uh, Yeah, it was definitely a harder than usual practice. Uh, Gallant stopped five on five drills at one point and had them running gassers. 
Uh, somebody sent me a gif of like you said her Brooks with this again uh, sequence and and it kind of had the same vibes as of that as practice at practice. Has he done that before? Like, is that common for him? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not out of the ordinary. He you know, he only does it when, you know, it's warranted. The Rangers have had a, a couple of really bad games uh, underneath him. And uh, he's responded as such um, occasionally. But I think the more notable thing is that the lineup was put back into a blender, um, most notably with Alexi Lafreniere getting dropped to the fourth line. Um, so we will see if that actually happens uh, in the game against the Lightning, because it's one thing to obviously have him on the fourth line in practice, but it's something completely different entirely to actually play in that way in the game. But we'll get into all that with Larry Brooks shortly. And it is an extensive conversation because it is definitely warranted at this moment in time. But I think that my impressions of the lineup changes today at practice was that it was a little bit of an overreaction. I think that the team felt really good about themselves going into the break and they were playing some of their better hockey than they have the entire season and making a couple rash decisions just because of one dud game um, isn't really necessary. But in all fairness to Gallant, it was a really bad game. So I kind of, you know, see where he's coming from if he does choose to do that. But he was pretty, he says this all the time. He always says like, oh, they might change tomorrow. He might, he said today, they might change by the time I get down the hall. But for some reason, I, I kind of believed him a little bit more this time. Maybe that's a shame on me situation, but I also wouldn't be surprised if we see um different line and different line combinations than we did at practice today so i guess we're just gonna have to wait and see this comes after you know a ranger win over the islanders kills me that it's that matchup is done for the season like that is just so stupid i mean the officiating is is a thing you could talk about every day how bad it is but for them to not play the team that they're fighting for the last playoff spot with entering wednesday just a point ahead of the islanders and they won't face them ever again. They won't probably face them in the postseason, barring a miracle. And they won't have another game in the regular season. The schedule makers should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. This thing should be spread out where they play one January, one February, one March, one April, you know, once a month, not every two weeks. And it's over before the new year. It is just a pure shame that this rivalry and these two teams will not face each other because now it's, you know, a lot of scoreboard watching these teams are tight. But Molly, that that bugs me that they're not playing again. That's the NHL for you. I think they just hate catering to their fans wants and needs sometimes with the way that they do things and handle things. Um, but honestly, at least that last game between the Rangers and Islanders, that was probably one of the better games between those two teams in recent seasons. You had Igor Shosturkin in one net and Ilya Sorokin in the other, which it always seems that it never their starting schedules never match up and it's always Shosturkin against Varlamov or Varlamov against Georgiev or whoever it has been in the past. Um, so at least we got to see those two square off um, and it was a high scoring game still, even with the ideal goalie matchup, but it was a great game and I am um, also very sad that that is the last one of the season, but I think it it's still going to be so much fun watching the Devils, Islanders and Rangers 
all gun for for playoff spots in a in a very tight metropolitan division. It's really great for the sport. It it's been a very long time since those three teams were competitive at the same time. And that's what makes it even worse. Like the year that they're all good, it's like oh, it's over. Let's just drop it. And uh, you know they were facing each other on other sides of the net. They were also giving each other milk and cookies on Christmas. How about uh Sorokin and Romanov and Igor having Christmas together? That's uh seeing the old days like when we talk with Ken Danico. That would not happen. They'd be giving each other coal for Christmas. Now they're, you know, sipping wine and having a grand Christmas together. I mean, I guess it's nice, but in the old days, guys would be pissed about that. I definitely think, um, especially because of the travel situation that was going on with all the uh, flight cancellations. I mean, I was talking to Ben Harper and Ben Harper told me he was in a car for like 15 hours driving to Canada, sat at the border for like six hours trying to get through the the storm and this crazy holiday traffic. I think that the players that weren't able to just go home, a lot of the international guys, the European guys, um, the Russian guys, they can't just pick up and go home, um, even if they have four days off. So the closest thing that that they can do is is hang out with each other. Um, and it was really nice of Igor Shosturkin to open his home. And I know Artemi Panarin hosted Vitaly Kravtsov and his sister. Um, so very, very nice. Um, I think that I think it, obviously it's a little different than the olden times, but you, you can't you can't hate to see that. It's it's very nice. I wonder what they brought to Igor's. They brought a nice Long Island deli sandwich, Jim's Deli. Uh, I don't know what they could have brought there, but uh, I know Sorokin has a sandwich named after him on Long Island, so he could have brought that at Seaport Deli. Do you know? No, where, do I you think know it's um Cherry Valley Deli. Uh, Blue Line Deli. Blue Line, yeah, Blue that's Line the one. Deli, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the they're Islander, Islander. yeah, they're Islanders yep. affiliated. I'm pretty sure they have a, a the a colored setup. bagels, yeah, the colored bagels, and I'm pretty sure they have, they have a setup in UBS. Yes, which yes, is they do, which is like so nice that's <laughs> that what they I said. did the, that. Yeah, the food there is good with the colored bagels, the chicken sandwiches, and I guess Ben Harper couldn't drop the I'm Ben Harper line at the border. I guess he wasn't good enough of a player. You did a nice story on his journey. Thank you. Um, you know, just being off the scrap heap, the Rangers pick him up. And now he can't get past the border. All right. Well, hopefully he's good enough where one day he could skip the six hour wait. And uh, I guess no one's booking Southwest Airlines anytime soon. I hope I hope Larry didn't book Southwest uh, on his trip to Florida to get back. He might be stuck in Florida, which uh, with the weather there, that's not the worst thing in the world. Well, Larry Brooks is in Florida, in Tampa, in his hotel room, and he's going to join us next here on Up in the Blue Seats. We were garbage tonight. We didn't deserve to win. They had nothing to do with us losing. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All righty, he's back in the saddle. It's our Hall of Famer, Larry Brooks, joining us. Follow him on Twitter at NYP underscore Brooksy. Larry, welcome back. Have you been able to keep up with Coach Gallant's lineup changes or is you as confused as most Ranger fans right now? No, actually, you know you know what? Um, compared to Elaine Vino, John Tortorella, this is kind of in the, in, in the realm of sensibility. You know, Tortorella would shake up lines in order to just in order to keep the team on edge a lot a lot of the time. Vino did it because he was looking for combinations much like Gallant. So I think every coach wants stable 
combinations. Everybody wants stability on their team, consistency in combinations. Generally, the Rangers have been able to start with two-man combinations that, that for the last number of years included Kreider and, and Zibanejad and Panarin and Strom. And that was sort of the, you know, that was the linchpin of their attack. Those two combinations, those two two-man combinations. We know that Panarin and Trocek have not been um, a match this year, the way Strom and Panarin were. And I think the Zibanejad-Kreider combination, you know, kind of got a little bit stale. So when you have that, then you're, then you're going to need to continually make moves. Plus, there's, a, the, there's the overhanging question of whether Hedl, Kako, and Lafreniere are better together or whether they should, they should play on separate lines. And I don't think, and, and I don't think coach has, has reached that answer. I don't think he's a huge fan of the kid line. I think he likes it. I think he likes to use it when he feels that putting them together injects energy into the team. But I don't think he looks at that line as a, as, as a linchpin line. I just don't. I think he thinks that maybe Kako uh, belongs somewhere else. Maybe Heedle belongs somewhere else. Um, so, I, you know, <laughs> that needs to be resolved because, and, and I wrote about this over the summer, you can't make any decisions on the lineups unless until you decide whether the kid line's staying together or not. And they've been on and off this year as, as basically everybody, every combination has. So, you know, the, actually Gallant has used fewer combinations this year than he did last year, uh, you know, the same number of games. So, Again, he would he would prefer to stick with consistency. Everybody coach, every coach does, but the Rangers haven't played consistently enough to allow that. Before we get into the Alexi Lafreniere discourse, I do want to make a comment, I guess, to your point when you mentioned the Kreider Trocheck Jimmy VC line. I think that Vincent Trocheck played the best hockey that he has since he arrived in New York when he was playing in between those two. And I agree. I think putting him back to Panarin, putting him back next to Panarin is not, that's not where I would start when it, when it comes to the, to line changes after Tuesday night's dud. That's like the one that I really don't understand because I think Gallant liked it. It was pretty clear that the three of them liked it. Trocek said that he liked it a lot. And I mean, Trocek, Trocek had like a, few multi-point games in between those two and he, the Rangers were just not getting nearly anything close to that when it's when he first started uh in the season I guess I just wanted to to hear your thoughts on on that line and and if you think it it could be a long-term answer for them well I agree I I guess the question is does Galan think that their 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 greatest upside is if Panarin and Trocek can click together does does he want to run Trocheck out as the second line center? You know, does he does he does he feel he wants to give him those minutes that he would get on the second line that he's not quite getting with Kreider and VC? I listen, Trocheck, there's no there's no argument that his he's played his best hockey with Kreider on the left. It's a straight line, you know, it's a straight line uh, combination. VC goes up and down. Also, he's you know he can be creative, but he's very capable of of just playing his his side. I don't know. I mean, if you if you're not going to play the kid line. Together. Then the other move is to play Panarin with Heedle, which I which I advocated for a while ago, which which Gallant used for only a game or two. But I think then Heedle got hurt, right? Phil got hurt. Yeah, but he but he put it he did put it back. He did put them back together when Heedle came back, but it was only for like two three games. Yeah, right. So uh, you know, I, I the the big picture view is is not coming to focus yet for the Rangers. 
And that's because they cannot find these combinations that have worked. I mean, you'd love to, I mean, you know, the Rangers would love to snap their fingers and have Kreider and Zibanejad go back to the, the way they were last year. Right. Um, they'd love to snap their fingers and have Trocek be the be the substitute for Strom, but he's not going to be that. He's not a deferential player, Vincent Trocek. And I watch him and, and, and my question to myself has been, does Trocek as the center have a responsibility to try and accommodate his game to Panarin? And I'm not sure that that's fair to ask. I, you know, I, I, you know I, I would like to say yes. And I and I kind of did in in my own head, and and maybe and maybe and maybe even it, it seeped into some things I've written, you know, earlier in the year. But I'm not sure. Here's Vincent Trocheck coming to a new team, trying to learn a new system. Uh, Galan even talked about that last week. How how different the system is in the defensive zone. So he's making all these adjustments. He's a veteran guy coming into a team that even though they lost Coppin and, and Vetrano and Strom, yeah, it's a team that's played together, you know, all, you know, pretty much all last year, number of guys, before, you know, the year before that, a couple of years before that. So he's trying to fit in anyway. And now maybe to ask him to, you know, change his game to accommodate uh, Artemi Panarin, that might be unfair. And you know that Panarin is, you know, is going to be unable to, you know, he's not changing his game to accommodate Trocek. So I, I'm not sure that this is going to work. I, I, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't have great confidence that, that that's going to work. And again, I would like to see Philip Hedl play with Artemi Panarin. But, it, you know, the big picture hasn't come into focus yet. You can talk about combinations all you want. But Mika Zibanejad has not played well five on five. You know, I mean, and at some point it's on him. You know, it's not whether he's playing with Lafreniere on the left or he's or he's playing with Panarin on the left or he's playing with Kreider on the left. He's the guy and he hasn't played well at five on five. You know, it's his responsibility to pick it up. It's Panarin's responsibility to, to pick it up and be a little bit more effective, regardless of whether he's playing with Vincent Trocek or Philip Hedl or Mika Zibanejad. So there's a lot to be resolved. I mean, you know, we're not quite halfway through the season. I remember back in 14-15, which was Vino's first year, the Rangers were struggled through the Christmas break. And even and even maybe a game, you know, a week or so after that. And Vino was constantly changing his lines. And that was the year where, no, I'm sorry, it was 13-14. It was, it was his first year, 13-14. And they had a number of left wings who could play center, a number of centers who could play left wing. Brian Boyle, you know, Brad Richards for a bit was even on left wing. It took him a long time to sort it out, but it was his first year. This is Gallant's second year, and it's taking him a long time to sort it out. But um, the Rangers got it going. You know, um, they needed they needed a deadline trade. They needed Marty San Luis to cement their playoff spot. But they turned it around a little bit the second half. I think I think it's going to be difficult for them to be play consistent hockey without having consistent combinations. But but you know which comes first? They have to play well in order in order to stay together and. And, and, you know, it's kind of like three, four games. If they had played well last night, I don't think there'd be any, be any changes today. No, definitely not. They just played so poorly. I mean, they, they it was as bad as it's been all year. They were uninspired. They were lethargic. They were careless. They were sloppy. And honestly, they, they didn't they didn't show up. And it was kind of a really a, a setback for them, which they're going to need to overcome very quickly because – you know, they have a tough game coming up in Tampa Thursday. They have a tough game coming up against the Panthers 
I mean, which becomes a huge game because Florida is, you know, falling out of the race. This becomes a gigantic game for the Panthers in their in their playoff hope. You know, the team that won the President's Trophy last year is now what in eighth, ninth place in the East, and you know, and, and they're falling out of contact. So the Rangers have to get this straightened out quickly. They've got Carolina coming in next Tuesday. They've got a lot of big games coming up. They're all big games now, and and now you can see. With the Islanders having won, uh, having you know having won on, on uh, Tuesday, how important the Rangers' victory over the Islanders were, you know, was last week because you know there's a point to separating them. The Rangers need to the Rangers need just to buckle down and, and play a much harder game, and 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 that's what's you know Gallant used the word soft last night, and they just didn't engage. They they were not engaged. Um, against Washington. Very, very disappointing. And, and you know what, you know, maybe he will take another look at it. And, you know, 95%, I would say 90 to 95% of the time, the lines you see in practice are the lines he's going with the next game. But maybe he will take another look at it and say, you know what, let's throw this one out. Let's go back to what's worked the last couple of weeks when, you know, when, when we won eight out of nine, and played extremely well in the one loss in Pittsburgh. Maybe he'll go back to that. I don't know. I guess we'll find out, as, as he likes to say, um, <laughs> game time. No, that's exactly what I was actually just going to say, because he did keep kind of saying today, like, oh, the, these line changes could change by the time I, I get down the hallway, <laughs> literally <laughs> at the train. Well, you know, he, 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 he likes to say that. It, it's, like, it's like the coach... Um, because it, it, you know, it, it gives him breathing room. It, it allows him to make a change and say, well, I, you know, I, I never said we were going to do this. And, and you know, it, it, but it's, you know, it, it's kind of a, you know, it, it's kind of a phrase like, like coaches sometimes use when they're asked at the morning skate about the lineup and the coach says, I haven't decided yet. Just say, well, I'm not going to tell you, you know, and, and no one doesn't do it. He's not, he's not one of those. I haven't decided yet. But, you know, that's that's always laughable because the players always know know, they're told in the morning or sometimes the night before, um, you know, the the lines are set out in the morning and then the coach comes out out and says, I haven't decided yet. You know, I'll make a game time decision. No, no, no. We'll see. Honestly, he does. But but night. But but again, almost all the time, the, the lines at practice one day are the lines that start the game the next night. And if that's the case, then Alexi Lafreniere is either going to be scratched or playing on the fourth line. So obviously you saw that he was skating on the left wing, kind of splitting the time with Sammy Blay, with Brodzinski and VC, which was also interesting. VC getting bumped to the fourth line because he's been so good for them this season. But I don't know. He was kind of bumped last night in the third. Yeah, he He didn't play a lot in the third last night when they when they rearranged the lines last night. Right. Your general immediate reaction to seeing Lafreniere skating on the fourth line today. <laughs> Can we just clip the sigh? I think we should just clip this. <laughs> he hasn't played well for a while. He seems to be regressing. You know, there, there are a lot of rationalizations that are used to explain what has been a pretty dramatic disconnect between the forecast and projections for Lafreniere coming out as the first overall and what we've seen for three years from him. Um, I think he's taken a step back from last year. I think he's taken a step back from last year's playoffs. Uh, I'm not sure why. And, 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 and what I was going to say is there have been a lot of rationalizations 
He doesn't get on the first power play. He's playing on the third line. He doesn't get enough minutes. Well, you know, his five on five minutes are, are his five or five minutes equate to just about any winger in the league. Honestly, I mean, he gets more, he gets more five on five time than Kreider. He has all year. Doesn't quite get as, you know, more than Panarin, but it's not, you know, the, the five on five time is not, you know, is not a great disparity. So yes, he's not on the first power play, but you know what? Neither is Philip Hedl. And Philip Hedl makes an impression. Neither is Kako. And Kako has made an impression this year. Lafreniere has not made an impression. I, th- I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I honestly, I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I wish I, I, I wish I had greater insight into this. I, I know it seems to me like he's only an average skater. That certainly doesn't do him any good in, in a league that gets faster and faster and faster. But he doesn't seem, but his instincts seem to be a bit off. He's always, you know, I even thought his rookie season where, you know, he didn't get as much ice time and it was a, it was a difficult time because, it was, you know, it was the 56-game season. He hadn't played competitively in almost 10 months. There was no exhibition season. There was no real training camp. So it was, it was a difficult adjustment. But, it, you know, we're, we're three years later or two years later, you know. I mean, shouldn't he have been able to get – Beyond that, at this point, I, I I just don't know. I mean, he plays well in spurts. I mean, there are games like you know immediately when he went up and played with uh, Zibanejad, you know, three four weeks ago, he made an impact. Those first couple of games, he was fine. He was around the net. He was he, you know he played with Jam, but that fell off very quickly. And I and I just wonder. And it, it's it's a question. <laughs> it's a question. It's not a rhetorical question. Is he in the greatest shape? Is he in the greatest condition? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure the Rangers are spending a lot of time doing self-examination, or if they're not, they should. There should be, you know, there should be a lot of conversation, I think, between the coaching staff and Lafreniere about what's going on, what he sees, um, how he feels. There is, you know, this is a major investment. He's the first overall pick. You can't miss on that. <laughs> you just can't. And, and it's, it's very, very difficult to recover from that if this is what it is. But I, I'm certainly not ready to, you know, to, to put him on the trade market. I'm not ready to, you know, banish him. I'm not ready to label him a disappointment. Um, or a bust. That's the word that gets thrown around. Well, right. I mean, he's three years into the league, can take a little bit more time for, you know, some players than others. But it's been a very, very disappointing year, I think, for him. A very disappointing first, you know, 36 games where, again, you know, you want to say, well, he doesn't get power play time and Stutzla does and he doesn't get power play time and this guy does, but neither does Heedle and neither does Kako, and they have made much more of an impression than Lafreniere. So it's, it's time for him to earn time. Even I, you know, a few weeks ago, and, and, I, and, and we talked about it, um, or it actually might have it been the week that you, you, um, you were not on, right? where I had made that tweet about when, you know, him taking another offensive zone. And, it, and instead of being benched, Gallant rewarded him. And, I, and you, know, I, you know, what is this? But it was, but it was, it was the right coaching move. I mean, he had the pulse of the team at the time. The coach did, and he understood that maybe at that point Lafreniere needed a lift, and so he put him up on the first line, and and he was good. But it, but it always, you know, his play always seems to waver. 
And, and, and I just don't know why. And that's why I bring up conditioning. I, I don't know. Look, he may be in the greatest shape. I'm not casting aspersions. I'm just asking questions. <laughs> well, might I say that is truly a hall of fame analysis right there. And I'm sure that that's exactly what the fans needed today, Larry. So, so thank you for that. I wanted to go back to the fact that this is also not the first time that Gerard Gallant has, has made this sort of move with Lafreniere. He had him on the fourth line for a practice and a game last season. He was a healthy scratch April, April 13th last season. It was so in get, Philadelphia. Yeah, I do remember. It was that. a game in Philly, yeah. and um, he said that he thought he needed a rest. I remember, you know, it was it yes, a, that was his wording, was a, and that was his wording. Yeah, but he, but at, at that point, his his game had been steadily. It diminished. was clear. Yeah, it was but, clear. It was a healthy and, scratch, and he responded. Lafreniere he did. did. R- r- right. I mean, right. wasn't it the next game? And and I could be off. It wasn't the next I'm game. Looking. The Saturday afternoon game. Where he scored the where he scored the where the goal or or it came pretty soon after he scored twice in the following in the following game against Detroit right and he, and that was the one where he scored the spectacular goal off 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 the move and that was the game after he had been a healthy scratch and so and he responded and he played and he played well the rest of the year and he played well in, in the, playoffs. the playoffs right okay so that's my next question you think that this is just Gallant, you know, trying to press the right buttons again. And, you know, because obviously some people can look at it as as a too much of an old school approach. You know, if anything, you know, give him more power play time, you know, like instead go the opposite route and just kind of throw your hands up and say, well, let the kid play. Do you think that that's that's my question? What do you think about that? No, I wouldn't put him on the first power play. He hasn't. I, I just don't think he's earned it. <laughs> and. No, honestly, I, I don't think you put a struggling player onto a struggling first unit and, and, and expect it, you know, expect any improvement or any response. And I don't think this is a punishment. I, I don't think Gallant is a is a punish coach. Um, I'm sure like no coaches would like to be characterized that way. I, but there are some. There are some. Cough, cough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's a, he's a guy who wants to punish. I think he's a guy who's looking to motivate him to who's look, you know, who's just trying to find the key to unlock his, whatever the best he has. We certainly haven't seen it this year. We saw, we saw, you know, spurts of it last year, honestly. And, and the and, playoffs. Right. And in the playoffs, but last year, what, what he, he had the 19 even strength goals, right? A lot of that's a lot of that's a lot of five on five goals. Honestly, he was second on the team. And so you could look at that and say, you know what, he's coming. It's maybe he's not coming as quickly as we want, but he's coming. He's coming. He's you know, it, it he hasn't gained any traction this year. And the Rangers need him. They need him now <laughs> and they need him in long term because he is one of their you know, he is one of their cornerstones or they expect him to be one of their cornerstones. If, if, if he is an average player, then it changes the dynamic. So, and, and again, we're two and a half years into his career. He's two and a half years into his career. The first year was, was not, you know, optimum. So try and, you know, try and understand, try and take it into, in, you know, all in perspective, but the Rangers need to, you know, the Rangers and Lafreniere need to find a way for him to reach his upside. And so far it's, it's been very, very fleeting. 
certainly this season it's 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 been disappointing. He's not the only one, but you know there's a lot of focus on him. And and listen, every player on the team so far has had his ups and downs. You know, except maybe for Adam Fox, who's generally played well all year. You know, other than a game or two here and there. I think Ryan Lindgren has been, you know, very consistent. Barkley Goodrow has has probably been their most effective forward. And you know, honestly, and and you know, when you take a look at what he's done, Gallant is right. Every line he plays with, you know, is, gets better. But that's only a handful of players. Uh, you know, when you look at I think Philip Hedel, Hedel has played well. You know, you know, if he can stay healthy and, and get a run of 20, 25 games. You know, I, I think that would be, you know, beneficial for everybody. But, you know, there there just aren't that many players who have played to their potential, which is which is why they're, you know, on a playoff bubble. And um, even after, you know, winning now eight out of ten, they're they're on the playoff bubble. And a bad week is very, very damaging. So that's again, they need to get this straightened out, not because you know anyone's going to push panic buttons, but because of the the reality of the fact that the Rangers appear to be one of you know five, six teams battling for two or three spots, and you know they're all fairly substantial teams. You know, we're talking about the Islanders, talking about Washington, talking about Florida. So these aren't teams that are simply going to go away un- unless the Panthers spin out of control. Sticking with the big picture theme, do you feel like this has all been a bit of a perfect storm in the sense that a combination of all the lineup changes are not really helping Lafreniere's situation, not really helping some of the players' situations with getting chemistry, that there needs to be some continuity there, at least a little bit? Do you feel like it could just all be meshing together a bit? Again, which, which comes first? You know, the fact that there's no stability or the fact that there's not enough stability to allow a consistent line. You know, again, you know, just just with Lafreniere, he moves up with um, Zibanejad, everybody gets excited, and then that kind of falls off. You know, he's playing the right side at first, then he's, then he's playing the left side. There's this mystery about whether he can actually play right wing or not. You know, I mean, I don't think they need him to play right wing right now because I think, you know, Kako is playing well. Goodrow is playing well. So I don't think they need him. You know, they need him to fit into that right wing slot. But there's always a mystery about it. Well, is he is he really comfortable there? Well, he says yes, but but it doesn't really look like he is. Or, or Glenn moves him out of there after six, eight, ten games, whatever it is. And, and then he's back to playing. The third line and and the, and the third line, not as a pejorative, but a kid line um, where everybody thinks that that's where he thrives the most. And, you know, they play well for a few games and then that kind of trails off. So, yes, w- would it be better if he could find a combination? Would it be better if the Rangers had their had their nine? Of course. Is Gallant moving a little bit too quickly at times? Maybe, maybe. And, and again, I would I would like to see him not make changes off the Washington game. If there's a lineup change because they want to get Sammy Blay back in, then there's a lineup change. And, you know, that's, I think that's justifiable if they want to do that. I mean, honestly, they are among, (laughs) among their deficiencies against the Caps was their absolute lack of physicality. And there was none. I mean, they just, there was none. You know, it's, it's not a very physical league any, anymore. There aren't that many physical teams 
there's a difference between not being physical and playing the way the Rangers did last night, where you're, you're poking and reaching and, and being shoved off the puck. And there was very, very little, uh, very little fight back. Um, well, there was nothing. And so I could understand if the Rangers want to get Blay back into the lineup tomorrow night, which, which would mean a scratch. And of course that would, you know, impact the line combinations, but if there's not a lineup change, then I would be just as happy with sticking with this and just saying, okay, this was a bad one. It was, you know, no one wants to use the excuse and it is not a legitimate excuse, but they did have a four days off the ice. Now the other team had three. So, and again, it's, you know, far be it for me to make excuses for the Rangers. You know, it, it was an odd bit of scheduling. You know, this only happens, you know, this, this doesn't happen often where you're, this happens only once when you're, when you're off the ice for the, you know, for this long a, a period of time around Christmas. So I would, as bad as it was, I would give them a mulligan on this one and I would be very attentive to the first period in Tampa. That's what, that's what I would do. But I haven't gotten any texts from the coach asking, <laughs> asking for my contestant. <laughs> We'll have to see. <laughs> well, Larry, enjoy your time in Tampa and sunrise, 75 and sunny. You know, well, hopefully we see you next week with a nice little tan. That's that's the goal. That's the objective. Listen, I want to see a picture of you laying on the beach, relaxing with a, a martini. That's the hope. Uh, have a happy new year. Thanks for coming all on. Right, same, same to you guys. I'll get rid of the rest of that turkey dinner, I guess, for all of us. <laughs> All right, Molly, that wraps up episode 107 of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me in produce the show. Now, Larry is taking the Florida trip. I know you're a big Florida girly. Shout out to Larry for taking one for the team and, and uh, going to Florida so I can live it up in New York City. <laughs> yeah, any crazy New Year plans with the uh, city girls? Nothing too crazy, um, but, you know, trying to make it a memorable one. So we'll see. Nothing too crazy is the podcast answer, the off the podcast answer is crazy what did wendy get you what what did you get matching pajamas what what was the christmas wendy did come through with gifts on every single night for hanukkah which she is crazy she is just i i don't deserve her uh lots of fun things especially i needed i needed a, a new hat and gloves so that was at the top of the list got a bunch of new pajamas i'm a big matching pajama girl so got a bunch of that a lot of a lot of fun snacks and it was good and apparently a meeting with an old friend for the first time in person uh, at some point at the game. That was the eighth night of Hanukkah present right there as well. For Molly Walker and Andrew Hartz, I'm Jake Brown. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Molly Walker at Jake Brown Radio. We'll be back. I hate to be corny, but we're going to see you next year, Molly. See you in 2023. It's the only time I'll use that joke. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Up in the Blue Seats. Have a happy new year. Stay safe, and we'll see you next year.